How we doing? How we been? Welcome back to the Space with Spo show. On today's episode, we're going to talk about some alarming black holes at the center of a star cluster. We'll talk about the new furthest object in our solar system. And lastly, we're going to cover Clipper, the Europa mission. We're then obviously going to do a quick recap on Perseverance's landing. And as always, end the episode with a down-to-earth segment. So go ahead and sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride, baby. The dash is digi, the schedule busy, my head in a hoodie, my shorty a goodie, my cousins are crazy, my cousins like boogie, life is amazing, it is what it should be, been here for 10 but I feel like a rookie, I tell her look up cause it's snowing in tussies, but for three years man you can't even book me, it's me and little baby that going crazy. Live from Murray Hill, Manhattan, you are now listening to Space with Spo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Space with Spo show, today is Saturday, February 20th. Yeah, February 20th. It's going to be a great episode. Y'all know what time it is. What's good in space? All right, so recently Hubble was minding its business, doing its job, peeking into the deep universe, and recently found a gang of black holes inside a star cluster. Black holes, in my opinion, are easily the scariest part of our universe. And that's obviously besides whatever caused the Big Bang, because whatever caused the Big Bang created an ever-expanding universe. We'll talk about that another time. But yeah, black holes make me straight up uncomfortable. I'm going to break this down in the easiest way possible. A black hole is a region of space where so much matter has been squeezed into such a tiny space, and that gravity is so strong that nothing can escape it. Not even light. The fabric of space and time legitimately wrapped back in on itself. It's kind of like Houston Hall in New York City. Once you go in, there ain't no coming out. Especially during St. Patty's Day, and especially when the Jayhawks are playing. And how these holes form is pretty ridiculous too. Most black holes form after a giant star, and it's got to be huge, runs out of fuel and collapses on itself. Other black holes bump into each other, thus creating bigger black holes, and you guys get it. These mysterious holes were first proposed by the homie Isaac Newton when he figured out gravity, then predicted in math equations by Einstein in 1915. Then, of course, you had Stephen Hawking come along and further our understanding of black holes. Then, finally, in 2019, a hundred years after Einstein's prediction that black holes existed in his math equations, we confirmed the existence of black holes holes. We took the first ever image of one, which is kind of hard because uh, it's invisible. Remember, no light can escape. This image that you're looking at right now is the result of 300 years of the smartest humans in existence putting their brains together and making shit happen. I actually have this New York Times article hanging on my wall over there. There is also a hilarious Snoop Dogg meme about this on the internet that I want to share with you guys right here. It's incredible, right? I know. All right. Now that you guys know what a black hole is, let's go into the other part of the story, a globular star cluster. Globular clusters are dense stellar clusters, typically containing hundreds of thousands of stars. It's basically an Avicii concert of stars in space. Everyone's on top of each other. Rest in peace, Avicii. They formed in the early history of the universe, and some may be older than galaxies themselves. I would also like to note, globular clusters make the best iPhone backgrounds ever. Go to Hubble's website. All those pictures are free to download and put them on your iPhone. So thank me later. All right, stay with me. Now let's finish the story. Okay, so astronomers were looking at some data at the heart of globular cluster NGC 6397, and they were expecting to find a massive black hole. Instead, they found a concentration of smaller black holes lurking in there. 
How about them apples? In simpler terms, this is massive news in the space community because we're finally connecting more dots I mean, we're connecting more holes, but yeah, we're connecting more dots and we're learning that black holes exist in all shapes and sizes. You got supermassive, you got intermediate, you got Swiss cheese style. By learning more about this unexpected arrangement of stars and black holes, scientists will hopefully be able to finally give us some answers which we desperately need. And we only recently confirmed black holes. So that means pretty much this entire time while we were hunters and gatherers going around stabbing chickens, eating cows, drawing in caves, the entire time there were these massive unknown holes in our universe that spaghettify anything that goes near them. I mean, what the fuck? These things actually exist, but no one down here on this planet seems to care. No light, can't see it, don't care. I'll take a caramel iced coffee please with creamy sugar. The thing is, the more black holes we find, ultimately the better we'll understand black holes. But, I mean, the more black holes that exist, the more black holes that exist. And we have no idea where the fuck these holes lead to. So yeah, anxiety city, I know. Everyone always asks me if I had the opportunity to dive straight into a black hole, would I? And I say the same thing every single time. The answer depends on if I'm gonna turn into spaghetti or not. Because I wouldn't mind going full Jason Bourne and disappearing forever. That's not my problem. The real problem would be me running out of pretzels, cheese, and Tito's wherever I end up. All right, there is a new furthest object in our solar system and they have named it properly far, far out. Y'all might think our solar system is this little itty bitty section of the universe where we hang out with Jupiter, you see Mars, you got Saturn right there, Uranus is close. But reality is our solar system is huge, like really big, like very big, like very long, very wide. So for this object to be classified as the furthest object in our solar system truly means this thing is far. One aspect I love about space exploration is the deed of naming all the new objects that we find. You find a new far out object, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, call it far, far out. Your name is Joey and you find a planet that looks like a bag of donuts. Bang, planet Joey bag of donuts. After some simple math, let's check this. There are 7.8 billion people in the world. There are trillions and trillions of stars, which means there's potentially even more exoplanets and other celestial bodies like moons, asteroids, and other shit. This means that there is more than enough out there for us all to get a shot at this name game. So I was doing some research and there's actually some funny asteroid names out there. You got James Bond, Tom Hanks, there's an asteroid named Meg Ryan. There's even a planet named Bob. Speaking of planets, y'all know that each planet orbits around our sun differently, right? They all got different speeds, you know that? Thinking about the orbits of other bodies in our solar system make me realize that time and age really don't make any sense. We consider a year here on this planet when we move around the sun once, but reality is the sun is not the center of our universe. I hate to break it to you guys, but there is no center of our universe. We'll talk about that another time. So get this, I'm technically 27 years old on Earth. I'm 115 years old on Mercury. I'm 45 on Venus. I'm 14 on Mars. And on this new dwarf planet far, far out, I'm less than one year old. So like, who are you to tell me which planet I associate with? I have mentally lived on Mars for some time now. You can't tell me I'm not 14. Mind your business. All right, and the Clipper Europa mission finally gets a launch date. I've told you guys time and time again, I'm a beach guy. Lakes are nasty, pools are eh. 
The ocean and beaches around the world easily take the cake for the best part about our planet. The North Atlantic Ocean to be exact. I can say this with full confidence, there is most likely life on Europa right now and the Clipper mission will confirm that in the future. You see how serious I just got? I was dead, I'm not kidding. Europa mission. Let's take a step back so you guys fully understand what Europa is. Jupiter is absolutely massive. If Earth was the size of a nickel, Jupiter would be as big as a basketball. If you didn't know, there was this guy back in the day by the name of Galileo. He was looking up at Jupiter and he saw a bunch of faint lights surrounding it. Soon he realized that these were not distant stars, but these were actually moons of Jupiter. Because it's so massive, people forget it has more than like 60 moons. It's got many moons. Many moons. Many, 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 many moons. Wish death upon me, dog. I don't cry. And there is one moon in particular that we have had our eyes on for some time now, and the name is Europa. Humble brag, I've actually seen Europa with my telescope before, no big deal. <laughs> All right, back to it. It's a water world right around the block, very close to us. Let me explain how much water we're talking about here. The average depth of our ocean is like two to three miles deep. Scientists think Europa's ice shell is 10 to 15 miles thick, and underneath is an ocean 40 to 100 miles deep. Europa oceans make Earth oceans look like a bitch. Europa literally kills us with water. On Earth, if we find liquid water, we normally find life. Water is essential for life, especially if you're in New Orleans at a bachelor party. And it just so happens there's a fuck ton of water on Europa. So let's talk about the Clipper mission. It's been in the works for some time now and we finally just got a date to absolutely send it. They were supposed to use NASA's new SLS rocket, but that thing is taking way too fucking long. So they're now gonna use a commercial rocket. The plan is for it to orbit Jupiter and then make flybys of Europa and take images in different wavelengths to let us see what's down there on the ice. Imagine we get our first pictures of Europa and you see a bunch of ice fishing aliens sitting back, bundled up, up, a couple Europa beers with the Europa boys. No, I mean, for real, life could be thriving over there. For all we know, there could be a real life alien Aquaman like dominating Europa's ocean. If you love the beach, you unfortunately know that the ocean is also super sketchy. So if our ocean's sketchy, why wouldn't Europa be 10 times more sketchy? All right, so the Clipper mission is expected to be launched in October 2024 with flybys of Mars in 2025, Earth in 2026, and the spacecraft doesn't enter the orbit around Jupiter until 2030. I mean, come on. Talk about thinking long-term, I'll be half dead by then. It literally just doesn't make sense to wait that long to announce that there's life there. So I'm gonna make the announcement right here right now break this news to everybody y'all want a headline here you go there is life on europa under the ice there you go i am now doing press interviews call my cell phone now all jokes aside if we did find life on europa that would be the biggest discovery in human history right behind scooter braun finding justin bieber in 2008 All right, let's talk about the Perseverance landing. That was wild. I don't want to talk about what the mission's doing. We covered that all in episode four. If you haven't seen episode four, what are you doing? Go watch episode four, bro. I'm, no, I'm serious. Go watch episode four. Now, the Mars landing was awesome. I'll tell you what I liked and what I didn't like. My favorite part was seeing the rover land, obviously, and everybody at NASA was so hyped up. Everybody was jumping for joy. You had fist bumps here. You had hogs there. It was honestly such a great moment. These people at NASA and anybody else who contributed to Perseverance literally worked for years to get this mission ready. So congrats to them, that was sick. But I will say this, but the live coverage, it's kind of boring. Here's my problem. I am in love with this rover. I have feelings for Percy the rover. 
and I was watching this live stream and I was about to fall asleep. NASA, I love you and I will always love you guys, but you gotta bring some energy. You gotta get the people hyped up. And this isn't me talking shit. This is me just trying to help. Honestly though, at the end of the day, it just reminded me why I'm doing what I'm doing. Anyway, whatever. If you guys want more information on Perseverance, the Rover, and the Mars 2020 mission, head back to episode four. Attention passengers, we are now down to Earth. Thank you, Johnny. All right, as you guys can see, I now have a new camera in the mix. So now I either need a makeup artist, a full-scale facial reconstructive surgery, or really good acne cream. Also, big shout out to my buddy, Eric Elidius, helping me get the camera set up. Everybody say thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Everybody go follow Eric. Go follow Eric. Other than the new camera, we got a new logo. Did you guys see how sexy this logo is? And one last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about putting this page on private so nobody else can follow and it's just us. And this page stays between us. I'm just fucking around. What do you think? I'm crazy? Send this shit to everybody. Send it out there. Send it to your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. I love you guys. Have a great rest of the weekend and peace. <laughs>